0: If you should ask, i just say I'm doing fine. i try to laugh, but mine's a roaming candle, mind, and I see red. I see fire and brimstone smoldering in my head. You'd light the fuse
1: if you only knew. Welcome to Seahawk Fan Talk. I'm your co host, Michael Silliman. Uh, Richard, you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself?
0: Sure, welcome. My name is Richard Shin and my pronouns are he, him, his. And uh, yeah, welcome to our podcast.
1: In Washington, DC, 2,323 miles away from Loon Field, an outpost of Seattle Seahawk fans have turned into a close group of friends, chosen family, and even more extreme Seahawk fans. This is our podcast. Co-host Doc and Mare, We'll cover the 2023 Seattle Seahawks season from the experience of the DC Seahawks Bar. As always. okay, Doc, welcome back. We're uh, we're live after Game One, uh, September 10th, 2023. A miserable loss to the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> and um, I don't know how you're feeling today, but I am. I'm on the struggle bus. Yeah, it's going to be back. I I know we decided to take a, a week
0: off for Labor Day and uh, we we didn't have much to talk about last week. And now it feels like we have too much to talk about <laughs> to squeeze into our podcast this evening. But uh so you're on the struggle bus. Uh well, let's uh let's quantify that. Uh where where do you put yourself on the hangover meter? 1 completely fine, 10 very
1: much struggling. I I'm probably at a I'm probably at a, Maybe a seven. I, okay. uh, this morning I probably would have said an eight or a nine. Uh, but I've had a, I had a pretty restful day. So that was, that was good to recover. How about you, Doc? I, I know, uh, you were in pretty, uh, pretty mad last night. Uh, stormed yeah. out of the bar with about four minutes left in the game. And, um, yeah. So I was waiting. that be in some in some ways, that means you didn't stay at the bar super late. You didn't Abs- exactly you didn't keep drinking. but um, how you feeling this morning?
0: Yeah, I hate to I hate to be give such a boring uh, answer to the hangover to our first uh, hangover meter question, but yeah, i'm a, I'm out of one, you know, like you said, I, I expected you to shame me today for for leaving uh, four min- with four minutes left in the game. Uh, you know, I'm okay with that decision today because <laughs> clearly things didn't get better with the game I uh, saved a little bit of money from uh, not buying any more uh, combos or at and uh, I felt a lot better this morning uh not being up super late and and you know continuing to to partake so uh so yeah I'm feeling good uh but you know as as we said when we we're touching base um feel good except for about our Seahawks
1: well You know, we were texting before the game, and I think we should reference that as well, because I told you very specifically, do not go hard during the game. (laughs) Your expectations very low. And I, of course, you know, couldn't be at the game and for the first half. And so was coming late and then (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then was planning to hang out after the game and kind of, you know, talk about different things and the game and the season and. The rest of the yeah. league and fantasy and everything but you were nowhere to be found <laughs> you were well gone that's true that's true
0: um yeah that's unusual i'm I'm gonna admit um but i'm glad that you're reminding me of that because I, I wanted to give you credit today for for yeah. actually having the um i don't know how you sensed it you had some um you were able to I don't know. You're able to tell the future or something because our, our texts before the game were unusually uh, um, reversed. You were feeling pretty tentative, almost scared about about the game. I think one of my last texts to you were like, it's it's fine. We're gonna be fine, dude. we're gonna we're gonna win this game or something to that effect. I was feeling super positive. Uh, you know, like like I shared uh, in an earlier episode i i soak up all of the seahawks uh marketing over the off season and the off season I start, you know believing the hype and uh and sometimes i get crushed at the at the beginning uh like i feel a little bit crushed after that game last night
1: you know honestly i don't deserve too much credit for that because i was i was predicting that they were going to run all over us and i don't mm. don't trust our defense and well, I still don't trust, trust our defense, but mm-hmm. it actually kind of ended up being backwards where the run defense yeah. was OK and they were able to pass all over us. The reason why I was thinking that way was because I was listening to some analysis of the Rams for mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. and they were saying when Cup was out last year, they were 27th in passing, uh-huh. but they just ran. Ah, you know, OK. Three quarters of the time, they just ran the ball. Yeah. But the problem with that analysis was when Cup was out last year, the the Matthew Stafford was also out for a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. So that explains yeah. because it ended up being the exact opposite. He, w- he was able to throw yeah. right over the middle every single time it felt like. I mean, there was one mm-hmm. play where we hit it down at the goal line there, but otherwise it was... Mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll get into the <laughs> the defense, but yeah,
0: uh, it's not surprising that we're chomping at the bit to talk about this defense, and so uh, yeah, yeah, we might as well.
1: <laughs> well, I think we should. I think we should oh, yeah. say one, one other thing with this too. You know, when we were texting, we were talking about what the goal is for the for the season, and I think that does help set some parameters around what we're talking about and how devastating this loss is, and and mm-hmm. where we're going. You know, you were saying before the game. And we have it on text message, you know, that the the goal should be at NFC championship game, you know, Mm -hmm. or appear at that game at least. Mm -hmm. And I was saying I was thinking more regular season, I guess. But I was saying, you know, 10 wins is is a goal because that's, you know, one game better than we did last year, which we have all agreed over the years. We should just be a little bit better than we were last year. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's, that seems like a reasonable ask for, for fans, you know, to want our team to be just better than the season before and, and not be stagnating at this, like, mid, you know, level that we it feels like we've been just stuck in for, for many years now. I thought you were saying mid, like a Zoomer. Oh. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: not surprisingly, I used it incorrectly. Uh, so... Um, and I guess the other thing we wanted to state again, I know we said on previous episodes was, you know, we're not experts. We're not, you know, I, I've never played football. Um, you know, it's been a long time since you've played football. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're just extreme fans in DC and our angle at this is we're part of a friend group here in DC that are really extreme Seahawks fans. And this is more just supposed to be fun. Us, uh, you know talking about our about our tank about our team yeah thanks for revisiting that i wanted to emphasize
0: that too um even though i'm sure anyone that's been listening so far is not going to be shocked that we're not extreme uh, we're not uh the most educated experts about about football the x and x's and o's and you know we're not reviewing film after the game like uh like some folks are doing so Yeah, like you said, we're just we're just two passionate fans who live in D.C., who uh, are just, you know, love the team. And we've we've definitely watched a lot of football. So it's we're not I think our perspectives aren't completely um, ungrounded. But uh, but yeah, definitely wanted to uh, emphasize that, that um, especially as we're going to start talking about some of the, you know, some of the things that we observed um, on defense and offense and. Um, realizing that there's probably folks that will have, much, have more sort of expert analysis and and you know just might have some a lot of different takes, so um, we're completely aware of that. Right. So yeah. Well, so uh...
1: that sends us to the next section, which I want to do every week, and I want to start here, and that's I want to have uh, Doc diagnose the defense. So go ahead, Doc. Tell tell us <sighs> what the hell happened. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh! Uh, as I said to you before we came on, I I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start with this. I've been thinking about it all day. Um, you know, there's just so many holes, and I I'm disappointed because it, you know, of course, my hot take coming into the season was that our defensive line was going to be better, like significantly better. Uh, so it's surprising, as I you know, as we know, the, the our biggest free agent. Um, signing was a uh, defensive tackle who was a, who was supposed to be a difference maker. Um, just, just a, you know, playmaker that we've been missing on defense. Uh, Draymond Jones from, from Denver. And, you know, I was listening to some, um, some folks, some analysts today that were just like, it, it was even on the field. I mean, he had like two, two tackles, tackles, zero yeah. tackles for solo yeah. tackles. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge uh, disappointment, but um, up and down. I mean, where, what, uh, you know, we were hoping some of the um younger folks would, would step up. I there was a really interesting stat today that Maffe and Taylor were on the top 10 of defensive linemen who uh who beat their their uh the uh, their respective offensive linemen mm-hmm. uh you know across all the games. Uh, so that was a very weird statistic because it didn't look like it, right? It, Look like, you know, we, mm. we've been in touch or smell Stafford, uh, let alone, you know, uh, but I guess that's, that doesn't mean there's that that person is actually pressuring, you know, or, or gets to even, you know, lay hands on on the quarterback. It's just that it's that he's beating the guy in front of him, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, oh gosh, okay, yeah. What's what? Got to talk about the elephant in the room. I, I think, uh, you know, I was listening to some Brock and Sock today too. That, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I something that I've I've talked about since we brought him back. You know, Bobby. It, it, it's it feels sacrilegious right to talk negatively about him i guess there's some real emotional uh moment when he was announced yesterday hey i love bobby i you know i'm gonna be excited when he's in the um, ring of honor and hall of fame and all those things but it's sports this is not a feel-good movie right this is not hallmark channel like we don't watch sports for that and i and i feel like that's now this is a larger um critique that i have of the franchise that i feel like there's too many important decisions that made that get made from a feel good perspective more than a, a, you know, brutal bottom line, are you going to perform this is how much you know are, the contract is going to be, because you're a top player currently not not your top player a decade ago, you're at the peak of your career so we want you to anchor in the middle this defense and and you know look what happened right
1: so well actually we, I want to talk I want to ask you about that yeah. because you know in, in some ways if you just look at the stat sheet this morning you know he oh. had he had the number you know again and we've talked yeah. about this before but we just yes, talked about do. it on air no. that he had the most tackles he yeah. he's by far, you know. Yeah. And we yeah. talked about this
0: so much. You're right, not on air but um it's just it's such a deceiving stat, right? Like it's it's one of these things that um you know, there's there's a million stats in in sports and football that, you know, if you point to one and only pay attention to that stand and don't think about that, or don't, you know, just scratch the surface, then, then you don't understand what's going on. So yes, he is always going to have you know, a a ton of tackles. He's a, he plays, he's a, you know, a linebacker in the middle of the, of the defense. So that's just where there's going to be a lot of opportunities for tackles. And unfortunately in pass coverage, he gives up a lot of, of receptions so he's not so decrepitly you know past his prime that he can't actually like catch up to the guy and tackle him after he gives up that reception he's mm-hmm. close enough to tackle that person but that's after first down right that's after 15 yards down the field that's after you know over and over that you know that uh, between the hash marks in the middle of the field was just it was disgusting to see that over and over and over again with no answers. Right. And, and, and now this is where it gets into some nitty gritty. Like, you know, I, I saw yeah. some folks asking, is that, is that the Nickelback, uh, Nickelback's fault? Or is that Bobby's fault? I, you know, I think, um, of course, like it's, it's probably a mixture of two, but, um, you know, I, well, I saw- we should
1: talk about the defense's three layers. I mean, that's the way I right. try to think about it. So yeah. the, fr- yeah. uh, the up front, you know, Draymond Jones and, yeah. and, and, and company failed. Yeah. Yep. They didn't they they did not get to the quarterback i think there was two on quarterback 5%. but zero tackles for loss i mean they got pressure just, 5% you know, of the time <laughs> 5% just, yeah that's that's not that's terrible. not good that's enough a, that's not good enough and no. and then you know bobby we know Bob, okay we know bobby's age and we know what he's done for this franchise mm-hmm. and and everyone loves bobby right yes. but yes. we we have to be honest about what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are yes. his strengths are being in the right place at the right time at reading the, the run defense and, and coming up and blocking the hole. Though mm-hmm. so I do think at that, that one of those touchdowns at the end, he gave up on the play, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also he, um he, his weakness is he, he can't, he can't run. <laughs> he, he's mm-hmm. so slow and mm-hmm. he can't keep up with receivers or tight ends over the middle. He can't keep up with. And, and, and it showed, it really showed throughout that game. I mean, we, yeah. we were okay on a run defense seemed fine, but our past defense, if you can't get pressure on the ball no. and then your linebackers are slow, you know, and we should talk yeah. about, you know, Jordan Brooks is back um, and actually played pretty well, I thought, for, well, I, I mean, I don't think he's living <laughs> up to his expectations, right. but, you know, when we drafted him that high, but when, you know, yeah. being hurt last year and and being able to play week one and, you know, having seven tackles or something, um, that's thats pretty good. Mm. But then yeah, need no, to do, right. like, next it, we need it, to it, talk it. about the third layer of our defense. We need to talk mm-hmm. about the secondary that we've been talking about. We talked about it in our earlier podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: I, thought, I mean, you know, we, we, to we be spent a fifth round pick yeah. on somebody yeah. who, who didn't even play. So. Yeah.
0: No, and there's uh, so much hype about, about, you know, we have so many DBs, we're not going to know what to do with them. We're going to have to cut some, you know, make, make some painful cuts. Like, oh my God, they look completely lost, uh, completely lost. And, you know, as folks were pointing out today, some other fans, you know, that they're just playing soft. You know, way off the ball, just waiting for the receptions to happen, and
1: yeah, and he, he just, just got it, it, juked a couple times from like twenty yards away. Like, what he just yeah. stopped and like was coming back, and then the guy would catch a ball over. It, yeah. 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 So,
0: all right, yeah, we can go on and on. I, I, but I do have a, you know, back to the. um I'm concerned about our coordinator, so I didn't like. The elevation of Clint Hurts when we we're looking for a new DC. Uh, I I think again. Well, one, I thought we held on to um, Ken Norton Jr. for too long because I think he's besties with with Pete. And again, these these are it, it's it's I. I shouldn't you know, this is really going against a lot of like who I am as a, as a regular person, as a as a person with a psychology background. But because I, I also know it's kind of impossible to disentangle our emotions, our feelings from from decisions and things, um, you know, at the same time, I think it's just it's it's. There's a lot at stake, you know, (laughs) in these decisions uh, for coaching and in these franchises. And, and honestly, our defense has been historically bad for what six plus years when that, when that's the case, I don't think you, you tinker to make things better. I don't think you elevate someone that asked that actually has been part of that terrible defense for that whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's when it's time to blow it up, bring someone that's, you know, a whole totally different perspective, a a DC that's up and coming, that's smart, that's innovative, that's young that that is that's really going to change the trajectory of the defense and 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 so I don't know, this is what um hurts third year. I don't think it's, it's it's just a second, but it just, you know, it looks like ex- it looks no different, you know than than it, it had under under Kent Norton jr and and so that's that's uh, that's concerning uh to me for sure so um
1: I just want to say you know well done we did it (laughs) we uh we made it exactly one week before you started Mm -hmm. calling for someone to get fired
0: (laughs) hey yeah no we can joke about that I I know and I was thinking about that it's the Monday
1: after game one against the Rams (laughs) okay Uh, that's fair uh No, I love it, though. I mean, I asked you to diagnose the defense and you're you're it's you know, I I think after that game, you know, when when a team that that doesn't have their bet, the best receiver in the league puts up 30 points on you, I think you have to ask a question, you have to to say what's wrong here. And it's been wrong for a while. Yes. And it seems like we have some gimmick players that we're not. And we're not covering for each other. And we're not working as a team. And like I said, all three layers of the defense failed yesterday. And so I think it's fair to call for him. his job. I think I, I'm jealous of that take. That's a, I that's I, a good one. Again, like you love to do. I literally was not calling for
0: Clint Hurd's job. I was expressing concerns at some players at our defense and the defensive coordinator. I, I'm concerned. I'm not calling for his job. I'm just saying like, yes, it, 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 that we can we can. Any take that we have today can be qualified by we've only watched one game, right? Yeah, of course. But I think it was such a bad game that everything should be on the table in terms of like our concerns. And like you said, yes, the, the, we, they we, they got our, their asses kicked at home yesterday. And some of the players were talking about effort, like that, you know, that the, the, the mm-hmm. Rams played harder. Uh, you couldn't get up for a home game against a division rival at, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, well, it is interesting when, it was,
1: you know, when, when players say things in post game interviews, I heard Gino say that, you know, he thought it was, there was an effort issue. Yeah. And I, that some of that is, you know, they're put in front yeah. of a microphone and don't have anything really to say. What do you say after a performance like that? You just, you have to go back to, right. you know, where are our hearts at? Um, yeah. Yeah. And you're starting to question each other in the locker room and stuff. And I think that's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it, that's, that's something different than it's showing up in actual film. And I, yeah. you know, I referenced the Bobby play that I thought he kind of gave up yeah. on and didn't didn't finish the play. Um, stopped running and and the, and the digs, right. you know, getting juked and just kind of standing there looking lost as the ball flies yeah. over his head. Um well, you know, we were texting earlier
0: though with uh with the commander, you know, a good friend in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was something on film, you know. I I didn't say it, see it, or I, you know, but I guess when uh gino got hit late by donald um uh brock pointed out that he didn't like seeing that no offensive lineman got in donald's face to you know like you the offensive linemen should be very 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 protective of their quarterback and if they mm-hmm. see a cheap shot or something like that um yeah i mean that's well that's that was on concerning. that was on the Pete
1: Carroll show i just listened to that too and the yeah it you know Pete, of course, disagreed with Brock about it, Of course, but, um, yeah. And, and I guess that was, you know, I mean, that's talking about the offense now, but DK, you know, yet again, shows the aggression shows the, you know, and it's so frustrating when he does that, you know, cheap push after a play is yeah. dead because it, it's, we need that type of mentality on our Mm -hmm. offense we Mm -hmm. need a leader like a Mm -hmm. someone a tone setter but it's it's always in the wrong place at the wrong time it's always Mm -hmm. after the whistle against somebody who he's just having a who he's getting shut down by yeah you know a five catches for whatever and he was he was the best offensive player we had yesterday yeah um and you know he him killing a drive in the second half when we haven't had a single you know haven't had a you know single successful drive that's that's not the right place, at the right time. Where we do need to yeah. see it is is when Aaron Donald is taking a cheap shot at Geno, and mm-hmm. you know, taking our our franchise quarterback that we just paid, and you know, <laughs> taking a headshot at him.
0: Yeah,
1: where where yeah. I think that's totally valid. Like where, yeah. where where's that energy then? You know, yeah. DK, what where's yeah, if you if you're gonna be a bully, be a bully to Aaron Donald, the other bully. <laughs> don't, yeah, right, right. Don't pick on some little DB. Go yeah. go go stand up to their captain get in someone's face yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah 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 <sighs> so yeah i think uh i think that captures <laughs> some of my main concerns uh about the defense I, I don't know um where it's gonna go from here but i uh, will see yeah well no well, one also one one point about the run defense being okay. I, I think I, I heard a really good take on that. It, you know, it, it was better than our ridiculous run defense last year, but it wasn't better when it mattered the most when, when we needed a stop, you know, uh, on third down, when we needed a stop on the goal mm-hmm. line. Nope. Walked right in. So, know, yeah, that there's gotta, there's a little asterisk about, you know, how good our run defense was yesterday. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, a little bit better than last year, but um, but it doesn't matter if it's not good when it matters most.
1: Yeah. I was going to mention third downs when we talk about offense too. Because yes. that, is, that, that was a, on both sides of the ball though. We, yeah, that's a telling, a telling stat third, third down conversions.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I, I don't want this podcast to be super negative, even though I know we're both feeling pretty rough and, I said my hangover meters at a seven, but um <laughs> trying to pull through and stay on a positive note. And I do want to, you know, make this a habit of in the middle of every episode, taking a, a step back from the Seahawks and not, not only talking about the Seahawks, but also talking about our friend group and about uh, our um, experience here and talking about, you know, the city behind the monuments, uh, Washington, mm-hmm. DC and chocolate city, um, and, mm-hmm. and talking about us individually, you know, talking, talking about you and, and what you're, what you're up to these days, what you're passionate about, what you're working on. And, and I, um, I feel like I have some things to say too it in the future. Uh, maybe on future episodes, I can take a deep dive into some of my passion projects or, or talk about some of my work, um, in the, in the field of local government. Um, but today I, I kind of want to ask you, I know, was, you know the school year just started back up and yeah. your, uh, nickname <laughs> for the show is, is doc. So you want to you want to explain that nickname and um yeah how's how's uh the school year looking for you um out there at at uh, Maryland?
0: Yeah, it's going well. Um, and yeah, we just uh, finished our second week, so entering our third week now. It's a it's a pretty hectic uh, time of the year the very beginning of the school year, but um, yeah, as you said, the, your, the nickname that you've uh, given me for the podcast is Doc, uh, because I'm a professor of counseling psychology, I teach uh, students who are pursuing uh, careers as psychologists, researchers, um, and or academics, uh, professors, uh, and it's funny, I'm glad that we're talking about this today because I was thinking uh, a lot today about um, so one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I am a sports fan, uh, why, why I appreciate, um, you know, football, watching the Seahawks, because of course, from my psychology lens, I just, I see a lot of things, you know, that that are related to to uh, my field. And uh, what's, one an example, those, what's an example of that? Yeah, I think, you know, because I was thinking about, Talking about bad losses, right? You know, and and just I think these conversations they can get into disagreements and arguments, right? After these kinds of games, and and it's and to me it's just it's fascinating because it it reveals just the way the different ways that people think, right? The way the different ways that people make sense of the world, make sense of um, adversity or bad things that happen in your life. Um And, you know, so like after terrible losses like that, are you more of a glass half full person, a glass half empty person? Um, But even that, even more than that, I think some of the challenges in actually having dialogue, you know, after games like this is sort of, I think it, there's a ten- tendency to get stuck into uh, what we call in in psychology as all or nothing thinking. Mm-hmm. um all or nothing thinking binary thinking um black or white thinking uh you know it's 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 one thing or another uh you know as you it's funny that you're earlier i was talking about uh the dc you know the, uh, the our defensive coordinator and i think you know that that reminds me of uh, when we when we get into ridiculous disagreements about um p and john right it's 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 it's, it's the, what's important is that we can be critical, right, of of coaches of our franchise, and also be appreciative of the fact that they've given us a relevant team to cheer for for over a decade, right? That you know, it's both, and we can hold those things <laughs> at the same time.
1: Uh-huh. But
0: I feel like that's where these arguments get super circular, right? It's like, um, you know, what? I don't know. I'm 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 getting pretty worried about pete and john's giraffe picks okay like um and then you know someone will come back at you is like oh how dare you you know they've been so they've been they, they you know produce a good team every season yes yeah. yes they they have and i'm also concerned about their decision making hey they had
1: a really good draft in 2013 i don't they know why they're not I don't know why you're not being appreciated. Oh, oh, 2013, of that. right? Right, bring it back. Yeah,
0: I mean, I like their their draft. You know, two drafts ago because you know we talked about it. They, oh yeah, wow, they weren't cute, right? They weren't tra- They weren't trying to do their whole zig when everyone is zagging. Uh, because, gosh, you know that hasn't worked out too well since 2013. To, you know, to be honest. Uh, so you know, as we talked about in recent drafts, like please just be boring. Pick the guys that that you know everyone else in this in the league is uh, you know is yeah that okay, you should. So
1: well, and, and I do think they deserve credit for drafting. I think DK was a good pick, and I think last year they yeah. definitely got you know Woolen and 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 some yes. good picks last year. Yeah, and then this year you know we had the most capital in the draft ever. Yeah, and I want to be on the record. I want to be on the podcast. I want everyone to hear me really clearly. (laughs) I was saying before the season, and I'm still saying now that fifth overall pick, it was a mistake. Jalen Carter was sitting right there at the position that we needed. He's the best player in the draft. We had a chance to get him and they didn't just take the best athlete on the board and said they got cute and started caring for some reason about off field stuff. That wasn't that bad. I mean, being in a car, being in a car wreck, yeah, you know with an assistant coach at your in college, uh, that's not something that should have he shouldn't yeah. have dropped any and and then he dropped all the way to Philly, who's already the best team in the NFC and yeah. is killing it. Um yeah. a- absolutely dominant so far from what I've heard and th- yeah. that was yep. <laughs> Anyways, we were talking about yeah. You know, anyway, yeah. A, a wow, we got distracted by football. Like, who <laughs> would have thought? <laughs> okay, so can you tell me about your um your class load this year? I know you're sure. teaching both master yeah. students and um PhD students, correct? Yeah,
0: and um actually this semester I'm just te- teaching a doctoral seminar. And then why I got on this tangent about you know all or nothing thinking is because I'm teaching uh, a class that I've taught for for a long time though, um you know almost a couple decades. It's a Uh, It's our multicultural um, issues course, and it it focuses on um, encouraging future psychologists to be more sensitive and aware and active um, in terms of advocating for social justice and equity in our society. Uh, And um, so... You know we focus a lot on different systems of oppression and uh, and again how psychologists can be a part of um, social change and dismantling um inequitable system structures institutions um you know all of those problematic aspects of our of our society and and a big core of that class is really um, in a, you know, in through discourse and dialogue, really forcing ourselves to to get out of that all or nothing thinking, you know, to to be, to think about, you know, our society, our condition, um, issues, things that we experience in in more critical and nuanced ways, um, so that really we can we can be more effective in our um, social justice um, activism and, and advocacy and allyship, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a you know a class of course that is uh, in my wheelhouse. I really love teaching it, um, and related to this podcast, I like seeing the links <laughs> between That's some good. of the things that we talk about in that class and, and Seahawks
1: fandom or sports fandom in general. I feel like uh, dismantling systems of oppression will will come up again over the course of this season. <laughs> um, on yeah. on top of that. Um, do you have any recommended reading or what are you all reading for Mm. that class? I I guess you said it's a lecture Mm -hmm. style, but, um, no, it's a, it's a seminar style. Yeah. So it's more, it's discussion based
0: and actually we, we, we read, uh, mostly, um, research articles, uh, in the course. So, um, um, so yeah, not, not, not necessarily a, um,
1: recommended reading from from this course per, per se got it and and how about the research side because i know you know teaching is one side of it but you know what you're really passionate about is is some of the some of the research you've done over the years um
0: yeah you know right developing, now, developing we, your measure yep
1: just had a actually a,
0: a research lab meeting an hour ago um actually so um yeah you know not to get into too much of the nitty-gritty I I what I'm really excited about these days is just supporting the amazing work that my students do they're really passionate um I, I just love supporting um you know their research ideas and um helping them to execute you know their their studies and investigations so um you know, I have several students that are just are, are passionate about different different um, marginalized populations, multiply marginalized uh, populations. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my students in particular is really um, uh, interested in uh, feels passionate about how um, how colorism is is a sort of important and impactful negative stressor. Among uh, Latinx gay men. And so mm-hmm. he's exploring how um, experiences of colorism or bias around darker skin is, is impacting their psychological well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple other students who are who are investigating the negative impacts, uh, psychological impacts of Islamophobia mm-hmm. um, on, on, on Muslim American adults. And uh, so they're creating some really innovative, uh, research studies to look at how um, these experiences experiencing Islamophobia like at like an interpersonal level, you know, like one-on one uh, sort of like harassment or or um, bias from a person, but as well as like experiencing it at a societal cultural level. So when someone who identifies as Muslim, you know, just sort of sees some Islamophobic rhetoric in the news or a, or a stereotypical, um, actor, you know, in a TV show or, or a movie, how much that act, that can actually have an impact on their um, psychological well being. And, and then, you know, we're, we're, of course, my uh, research lab, it's the social justice and Inter- intersectionality lab. Um, we, we are very much strength based So even though we study the negative impact of things like uh, discrimination and, and oppression, we're always looking at ways that um, communities can um, also overcome those kinds of um, stressors and the different ways that social supports different sort of in- in- individual characteristics can allow for, um, for again, like, um, kind of be protective for folks who experience, uh, these kinds of, um, stressors, discriminatory stressors in their lives.
1: Wow. That's really, that's really cool. It sounds like your students are doing some, some really good things as well as your lab. Um, yeah. And thanks for sharing. I think we could, um, check back in every so often and, and ask what you're working on or, or what what research is happening at the time. Um, I I know I always benefit from uh, hearing what you're all working on over there. So
0: that sounds good. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, having the time to talk about it. So uh, are we moving on to uh, the mayor's uh, strategic plan?
1: Yeah. Back to, back to, back to the Seahawks. Um, Well, I want to talk about the offense. You know, I, I think it's important to start by talking about the defense and, and, you know, Pete Carroll's roots and and what me and you both love is defense and run the ball, you know. And we were texting again before the the game about and I was really worried about the Walker's groin injury. And, you know, that was my mindset coming to the game. Like if he's not healthy, you know, I don't I don't trust a rookie to carry a workload mm-hmm. when when I think we need to run it, you know, 30, 40 times. And yeah, um, really have a balanced offense, even though I love Gino and I think we should let Gino cook and Gino has all these weapons, you know, Um. but you still have to be able to run the ball. And, you know, most of my fears were were, you know, didn't come true as far as that's concerned, especially in the first half. The, you know, Walker looked looked great. He was getting yeah. most of the workload. Um. That wasn't that wasn't the problem. It was actually, you know, the offensive line that really became as the game went on became more and more clear that there was huge problems with our offensive line, of course, with, you know, Abe Lucas yeah. and um, cross both going out with injuries. Apparently neither of those are that bad uh, lingering knee injury for um, Lucas and a, and a sprained toe for Charles cross. Um, so hopefully both of them can, you know, can play the rest of the season and won't, won't even miss next week, but I guess we'll wait and see. But once those guys went out, and even before, you know, ew, Gino didn't have any time to work. We barely took any shots down the field, you know. And and then and then when we did get a couple looks downfield, we we missed. You know, I I think some of those longer throws, mm-hmm. which was really startling because last year, Gino had more air yards than any other quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yesterday, they couldn't they couldn't throw down the field at all. I mean. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett had two catches for 10 yards. Like, I mean, what, what are we talking about right now? Um, you know, all the talk about JSN, I'm, I'm happy to see him. he played and, you know, came back really fast from the, from his, from his wrist injury in, in, in the preseason. But that's, he, you know, he didn't do anything amazing or didn't, yeah. didn't show off or break a tackle somewhere or. You yeah. know, and then, and then DK had the best game, scored the only touchdown, you know, 55 yards or something, mm-hmm. but still five targets, you know, it's not four yeah. catches on five targets. It's not, and, and then not being able to convert again, third downs, third downs was the huge, mm. how many, it was? Mm. I, forget the, I forget the exact stat, but I mean, I think there was, yeah. we we're, were, you know, failed at, uh, you know, 11 third downs. Um, yeah. And that's the stat. Right. That's the stat. And also running the ball gets on first down or second down and getting five yards, getting, you know, yeah. being third and short is much more is much better than and easier to convert than, you know, third and five, third and seven. Um, and other that's than what those... they were doing on that
0: first drive. It was amazing. They're picking up, you know, uh, K9 was getting five yards on first down and just, yeah, you, the, the playbook is wide open <laughs> on second mm-hmm. and five it looked so good and smooth until all the the wheels fell
1: off yeah yeah it was really um it was really bad when it fell started falling apart and i still feel like we even when walker was running pretty well we still weren't really establishing the run by that i mean we weren't really running up the middle mm. um And it didn't feel like the offensive line was like manhandling them or the, you know, we were getting block blockers downfield and getting into the secondary and breaking off big runs. It was, it was kind of around the outside and, you know, Walker falling forward, you know, he's, Mm -hmm. he's incredible and makes some good cuts, but that's not, that's not the football that we loved, you know, with, with, with Russ and Marshawn Lynch, just running read option over and over again. Um, And, it wasn't it wasn't really even a power running game. It was more of a finesse running game from from what I saw. And yeah. And then in the second half, when your offense I mean no literally no offense the entire second half. I mean, other I think- than this first two drives of the game, we we did nothing after that. Mm-hmm. Um offensively. Yeah. And I think I think fell apart. I think, you know, I do think Gino got got rattled. He was getting a lot of pressure. And, oh. you know, he didn't make any mistakes. And normally that's what Pete Carroll teaches, you know, just yeah, don't make any mistakes. Don't hurt yourself, you know, complete your passes and, you know, efficiency, high efficiency. And he was pretty efficient. I mean, he still threw, he still, you know, had a pretty good completion percentage, but a lot of these, you know, I, I saw Walker caught five passes out of the backfield too, and they mm-hmm. were all. He caught five passes for like a total of two yards or something Oh gosh. Um, yeah. because That's he was true. getting he, all these checkdowns and he's getting yeah. like tackled for a loss on yeah. checkdowns. And it's like, you might as well throw that ball away or not. Ugh. And yeah. I don't feel like we moved the pocket at all. He's getting pressured up the middle and we weren't rolling him out at all. We were there was no creative design. It's just like I, yes. I feel we're supposed to have a really a creative, you know, offensive coordinator. We're supposed to be I swear a dynamic offense. We have so many weapons. How can we not do That's... anything other than just stand here like a statue and throw no. the little slant route that gets tackled for no gain? Like that drives me up
0: the wall. Uh yeah. When when it seems like we when we start struggling he like gets more conservative <laughs> for offense. It, it there's no creativity. There's no movement. There's no. It, it's and I and maybe we're missing something. Maybe it's you know maybe it's a uh, uh, multiple things like we're we're struggling because you know we're not winning our one on one battles and mm-hmm. so so uh, maybe. If you're not winning your one-on-one battles, it's probably harder to to
1: get to you know for the razzle dazzle than than and, you know. And when you basic. can't convert third downs, you end up just not having that many yeah. plays. So yep. if if yep. your if your trick plays don't come out until the fortieth play, yeah. well, guess what? We never got to the fortieth play yeah. because yeah, you know, we we're we we're we weren't on the field that much. Yeah, like that that I, game went really fast, and it was it kind of felt yeah. like you know it felt like a traditional NFC West game where it started out really slow and, you know, low scoring first half and, you know, only one touchdown scored and, you know, and it's like, okay, that's, that was, that was, that was still expected, but even, but I mean, you were confident before the game, but t- come halftime doc, you weren't feeling very confident. You know, <laughs> the time I got there, you were like telling me, Oh, you're right. We're going to lose this game. We're going to lose mm-hmm. this game. Um, which seemed unthinkable to you the night before. So, you know, it even lives. though, even though that score was close at halftime, you know, we, ahead, re- yeah. we, we realized that we were losing those one-on-one battles. Yeah. We were, we're getting man well, we haven't established yeah. a run. We haven't yeah. been able to to move the ball and our defense yeah. is getting gashed. And we're leaving points on the field too. That that's uh, you know, this field
0: goal, I think we got a little bit robbed on a locket. Um, I think it should have been a pass interference in the end zone. Um, he got mugged, but ugh, yeah, so that, that had, that was just a subtle four field goal. So it, yeah, I, even though we're ahead going to half, you're right. I just, it didn't feel
1: like we were, we were, the momentum didn't feel right. Yep. And you know, there swinging penalties. There was that one penalty that was pretty weak on us. Um on our defense in the end zone when it was half the distance to the goal on, on a third down. Um, that was, that was, I felt like that was a backbreaker right there. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as my strategic plan for the future, I think, um, getting back to some basics of, you know, not, not, I think, you know, everyone's talking about the expectations have been set really high, but, you know, not thinking too highly of yourself. I think that that should, that that game should come as a wake up call. I think everything, you know, our goals, you know, even though your goal is slightly different than my, my goal for this season for the Seahawks is this, the goal is still reachable. It's still in front of us. You know, they can still mm-hmm. win 10 games. They can still challenge for the NFC West during the regular season. They can still, you know, get hot in the playoffs and go in the playoffs um, that's all still still manageable, but that has to come as a wake up call, and both sides of the ball have to be a whole lot better than that. And know, um, yeah, I, I think th- I think we're going to learn a lot about ourselves over the next couple weeks, um, a lot about this team. Yeah, you know, specifically r- back to DK, you know, and who who are the leaders on this team? You know, who yeah. who's go- who's going to step up when the when when things do get tough? You know, when you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Um, you know what we needed in that second half from DK was it was a huge play you know we need yeah. someone I just think like if Marshawn was in that game and he was frustrated like DK uh-huh. was frustrated what would Marshawn Lynch do uh-huh. <laughs> you know instead of what would Mina Kimes do let's ask what would Marshawn Lynch do <laughs> and yeah he would he would he would go out there and grab the ball and run somebody yes. over Yes, and, yep. and then do it again and do it yep. again and do it again. And even if he wasn't getting anywhere, you know, he, you knew yes. he was out there working as hard as he could. He was. Yep. And that's, that's putting that energy and that anger to mm-hmm. use in a positive direction. And I didn't see yeah. any of that yesterday. Yeah, I saw people I, giving up on the play and then being mad after the play. Yeah. I want to see the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that can get
0: everyone else fired up. Even the defense,
1: you know, when you're, when, when, yeah, you're playing your heart out like that, like, like Marshawn always did. You know. And a lot of these games are, you know, and the, the person that I don't want to see doing that is Gino. I don't want to see Gino taking risks or trying to yeah. do something outside of his wheelhouse. I kind of want him to be a game manager. He, yeah, we, we know he can do that. He can, he can be really yeah. efficient. He can throw the ball down the field. He has a beautiful arm we we he he can just he just needs to do what he needs to do. We need other people to step up and be the be the enforcers on this team and I don't I don't see anyone on our offense that can do that. That can be kind of that that leader um yeah. a tone setter on our offense at least. And yeah. you know that is what Bobby brings to our to our defense. Uh, at least there's a there's a captain who knows the playbook this year. Yeah. Um that was a shot at Brooks from last year but um yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think we're going to have to learn about ourselves and I I kind of think, you know, putting a lot of hype on on the rookie JSN is a mistake because mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of talent and the the, the issue isn't a, la- a lack of talent on this team, the issue is a lack of of smarts and what we need is maybe maybe Bobo <laughs> or somebody like that that, you know, has some maturity and some some skill sets that are not just running fast and jumping high but but um understanding what the moment needs. A lack yeah, of leadership. I agree That's with the you. Problem. I agree with
0: you. Yeah, we're gonna we're going to find out a lot even in
1: less than a week. So yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And the um the the Lions are coming off a 10 day rest. Yeah. After a emotional, oh you know, yeah. big win over the Chiefs and opening night. Yeah. and we're going to Detroit. yeah and you know we we have a we have an interesting relationship with Detroit, mostly because they am winning even when they didn't have a chance of making the playoffs last year against Green Bay actually got us into the playoffs. You know, part of the reason yeah. why we feel so good about this team or all off season we're kind of is pretty positive vibes around the around the fan base was because we made the playoffs last year. And the only reason we made the playoffs last year with nine wins was because Detroit won that game, which of course we were all watching in in Costa Rica together. And you know that. So, so in some ways I, I love them and I, you know, I'm not personally scared of Jared Goff, but they're, they're playing pretty well right now. And the ball seems to be bouncing their way. I mean, I think they kind of got lucky with that chiefs win, but Uh I'm, I'm definitely worried about next week. Um, Oh Yeah. There's no more more. uh, Mr. Positivity over here
0: (laughs) that's gone. So
1: yes, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Well, I guess we, yeah, we'll see. And I guess, um, you know, we'll, well, we'll have a podcast after next week as well, but I mean, starting, starting after, if you go, if you go, Oh, and two, that's when I think we start having conversations about, Mm. you know, is this going to, is this, is this really the team, you know, before, before this week, trading first round picks for difference makers on defense. You know, that's something you do only when you think that you have the guys in the room that can take you all the way to yeah. the Super Bowl. And if, if, if you go, zero and two with this current group of guys, that conversation is out the window. Absolutely. We're not, we're not, ta- we're talking, everyone's starting to get questioned. You know, is Gino actually capable of taking us is, oh. is, is, is DK worth the money when he's not really producing, you know, all of the, all of those conversations are, yes. you know, our our fair game if they yeah. if they start zero and two in this season with this much hype absolutely
0: all right okay, Mayor. well that was yeah, kind of a I, obviously episode. we had a lot to talk about this was probably our longest episode so do you want to you want to take us out
1: yeah i just want to say the seattle supersonics were stolen from our city on july 18th 2008 um this is the seahawks po- fan you know, podcast, but, um, I, I always want to close out by, by remembering our, our Sonics and, um, and, a, a cry to the NBA, uh, mm-hmm. bring back, bring back the Sonics.
0: Yes. Yes. I uh, agree with that as well. And I just want to say much love to the DC 12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.